0: Welcome inside hour two, Armed American Radio's Monster Cast in the Car Firearms Group Studios here on the six-hour platinum and very very powerful microphone on hundreds of radio stations around the nation today. All of it brought to you by the great X Insurance. Greg, over in Dallas, Texas. Welcome and thanks for being here, running the boards in the mothership with all the bells and whistles and switches and lights and all the cool stuff
2: going on over there. How are you, hour two, buddy? Uh, uh, not too bad. I have bells and whistles. I have bells and whistles here? I I have a ranch, so you can have bells and whistles, (laughs) right? All
0: right, all right. Here we are at AAR Ranch. You have a ranch? You have a ranch. I have a ranch, so you can have bells and whistles. Why would you be? Throwing me off? Would you be kind enough to tell people where to watch the show from Armed
2: American Radio Ranch, please in high definition. Thank you very much. Absolutely.
3: You, you have a ranch.
2: If you want to watch the ranch, head on over to armedamericanradio.org. In that top right hand corner, you are going to see three little hash marks. Just give three those little a hash snap. marks sitting, sitting in, in a the tree. Window. Yep, <laughs> sitting in the ranch. You you have a ranch. Uh, and when you click there. You're going to see that window pop open, just select that watch live option. Do you have a ranch? Hold on a second. Yep, he does have a ranch, (laughs) so you can see all the good high-def video right there. If you are doing something important, like driving, uh, I hope you haven't spilled your drink by now. Uh, (laughs) uh, Click that listen live link. We don't want you uh, distracted and driving like I'm distracted and doing this. Uh, but when you click that listen live link, you're going to see two subsequent links pop open. One's going to be for the Monday through Friday Daily Defense Program, and the other is for this pro- broadcast right here, the Monster Cast. If you missed. Any episode of both of these two broadcasts, head on over to the podcast link right above Listen Live. Get caught up on any episodes you may have missed. If you're a fan of the show and you'd like to support it, head on over to the shop link and pick you something nice up over there. And lastly, we've got a live chat. We're having a good time over the chat. I just shared the video we were talking about last segment of last hour over in there. So if you want to go take a look at those AFT agents. Uh, you can do that. Uh, just head on over to your app store, grab the Telegram messaging app, create your profile, and search for "Armed American Radio Conversations."
0: AFT and that will get you in, so you can watch the program. Yes, that's the that was that was John Lott questioning the ranch and and Andy Hoosier, the voice of reason. Love those guys. Yes, we have a ranch. We're at the ranch. Neil McCabe jumps in and joins us here. At AAR Ranch for the hour And Neil, welcome in There's a possibility we might be joined By Parkland Dad Ryan Petty At the bottom of the hour So just want to throw that out to you We might have a mini round table with him If he can make it home in time Neil, how are you? My brother from another mother
3: Phenomenal, getting better every day Hey Mac Do you remember (laughs) Did you ever see uh, Do you remember Spin and Marty? Do you have any idea who Spin and Marty were?
0: I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Radio it's not guys weren't my... they? The radio stuff.
3: So there used to be a uh, there used to be a TV show called the Mickey Mouse Club, right? Yes. Yeah, I never watched and, it. And uh, it was on reruns when I was a kid. But basically, they would have little uh, they would have little TV show they would have little like little serials inside the show, like westerns and stuff. There were these two teenage boys. They were like it was like a western with these two boys named Spin and Marty. And that's where it came from. It was always like, uh, meanwhile, back at the ranch. Have you ever heard like that phrase, meanwhile, back at the ranch?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: I, I have a ranch. And by the way, I, you know, you talk about that old show. You go back yeah. and listen to the intro to this program. I was I started laughing at it when I heard it. If they want any of my guns, they're going to have to bring a station wagon and a whole lot of friends. A station wagon. They don't even make station <laughs> wagons anymore. That's why it's in there, it. right?
3: Is used to have a station wagon.
0: No, I never had a station wagon. But station wagons, you know, it's just kind of a spoof thing. Maybe we should say what bring a hybrid crossover SUV or something or a pickup. Uh, I don't know. But we're going to keep I it just, in there because I, I like it, say, and it's my show.
3: This is not why I called, but I will tell you this: <laughs> I did own a 1978 LTD uh, station wagon, and it was a beast.
0: It was a Wood panel beach. siding, like the Brady Bunch. My wife's oh, yeah. family used to have a wood panel siding wagon.
3: Yeah, and they used, to, and I never knew the difference. But then it was also called a beach wagon, and I didn't, I never knew the difference between a beach wagon and a station wagon. Mm.
0: So. No, no, I, I don't think we ever had a station wagon. You know, I may be wrong about that. I think my dad might have had one for a company oh, we, car. We
3: had two. So. We had two station wagons, and uh, sometimes when. Uh, Sometimes when my parents would arrive at some place like my aunt Rita's in uh, Foxborough, they'd they'd arrive separately. Right on the way home, the boys would ride with my dad, right, my brother Sean and I. The girls, Lynn Lane. Elaine, they would run with my they would ride with my mom, and my parents would basically drag <laughs> they would drag race <laughs> each other home. Four ninety five. They'd going like 70, 80, 90 miles an hour. They'd be cutting each other off. They'd be taking shortcuts. It was madness. You'd never get away with that now. No, were
0: mom and, w- Was mom drinking? <laughs>
3: no, no, no. They
0: were just, Good uh, heavens. <laughs> they were just Let me guess. You were sitting in the jump seat in the back facing all the traffic that would have slammed into you. <laughs> Get right in one the of those the seats. <laughs> hey, Neil, let's get started yes, here. Uh, you know, always yeah. I could have a lot of fun with you for sure, and I know listeners love listening to you. I, I, let's. I, I, I want to talk with you. Let's talk first about Trump. I want to get some politics out of the way here. The Trump CNN town hall. The fact that the CNN employees are so angry that they let Trump on CNN, and then what you heard Trump say. Give us your take on how that whole thing worked out for Trump and for CNN as a media expert and a part of. And I want to thank One American News for letting you on because you are an on-air cameraman or or camera reporter and have been for many, many years. And now you're on on One American News. How did did that work out for them?
3: Uh, Honest engine, Mark. I was concerned. Like, I just, you know, it's just like. It's just, they're so nasty and uh, and, and, and mischievous. And apparently, the negotiations have been going on for months. And other networks were also looking to do a town hall with Trump. And they negotiated with CNN. And not only did they get uh, Republicans in the audience, Mm -hmm. but they also got Trump surrogates on the panels before and afterwards. That's why Byron Donalds, the great Republican congressman from Naples, was able to just tear him up afterwards. Um, I was concerned. And um, like I always am, like I think a lot of people are when dealing with the mainstream media. But the Trump I saw that night, it's, it, you know, this like um, uh, when he did the second debate with Biden, you know, where he's like sharp, on his game, he's uh, he's not doing sort of the he. Has, sometimes he does like a deep breathing when he's nervous, mm-hmm. and um, I was just amazed. It you know, Caitlin Collins, of course, you know she's from Alabama, very conservative upbringing. She was she worked at the Daily Caller, uh, very con- she was a conservative at the Daily Caller, and then uh, she got the chance to do CNN, and then she basically recognized that you can, you can make a career for yourself if you're rude to a Republican president. And she was just nasty and rude at the White House. I used to see her at the White House all the time. And, um, you know, that was just her thing. She just was uh, always kind of chippy and snarky and uh, shouting out, you know, questions. But it's different if you're standing in a wolf pack, right, surrounded by other reporters and just sort of catcalling the president of the United States. It's different than when you're actually on stage with a guy. And so a lot of her smirky, snarky, chippy, always getting the last word in trying kind to of stuff, it just didn't play well. And Trump did a very interesting jujitsu because normally Trump is uh, aggressive and punching. He's like a first puncher. This time, This time he let her do the punching, and he just sort of um, he reacted to it in a very smart way, and uh, and then of course the crowd was just eating it up. I was thrilled. I thoroughly enjoyed it. A friend of mine, uh, Kalen Dor, who's a former uh, Trump White House staffer, worked at Treasury. He was at Gather for a while. Um, he tweeted it out. He says, "I I never I haven't enjoyed watching CNN this much in years, and I think that." So that when, when it's scheduled for 90 minutes and they call it off at 70, they, uh, they call that the mercy rule in softball, and uh, that was it.
0: So a good assessment from you. I'll give you a theory when we come back. You've got This is a taste of what you're going to get for the remainder of the hour. We've got the great Neil McCabe with us. Of course, Neil's going to stick with us. And hop in the round table, the classic round table at the third hour with Brad and Justin as well. Enjoy your break. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. The following segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. Yes, welcome back to the show indeed. I am Mark Walters in the Car Firearms Group Studios filling your prescription for freedom today and every day, six days a week. Right now on the Sig Sauer Powerful platinum, platinum Microphone. We'll get that out. All of it brought to you today and every day by the great X Insurance. We're continuing the conversation with the great Neil McCabe, One America News, on-camera reporter. He's been a reporter in Washington, D.C. for years. Neil, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. We thank One America for allowing you to come on the program every week. It means a lot to us, and your insight makes you a fan favorite for a reason. Before we get started, I want to give a Chicago killing update because the mainstream press all obsessed with mass killings never gives you these numbers so we will when we went to airtime the latest report and that was at 8 o'clock eastern 5pm pacific right now if you're listening live and hundreds of radio stations are it was about 3 killed and 17 wounded it's now 21 wounded and 11 killed the numbers were updated at 8pm eastern an hour and 22 minutes ago and you're not going to hear one peep from the mainstream media about that. But they will use those numbers without telling you they're using those numbers because they don't want you to know that because their ultimate goal is to go after the low-hanging fruit of quote-unquote assault weapons. But I'm going to tell you right now that those 11 people in Chicago killed and those 21 wounded were probably 100% dirtbag criminals using handguns disingenuous lie of omission from the mainstream media once again but there's the update if that number updates by the time we get off the third hour we will let you know because we do keep an eye on it every single day and those numbers now made to date 27 shot and killed 1100. or excuse me 111 wounded Total shot 138 for Chicago. Just last week's totals alone, 82 people shot, 60 wounded, 22 shot and killed. And you won't hear squat about that from the lying, hate-filled, gun prohibitionist, gun-grabbing, communist, Marxist, socialist masquerading as former Democrat propaganda wing known as the mainstream media. Neil McCabe, welcome back in, brother. It's great to have you here.
3: Yeah, Mark, you know, and I don't want to make light of any of these uh, deaths or injuries. And certainly, I mean, each one of these is a tragedy that that just blows up a family for sometimes for generations. But if you look at the statistics, you know, to your point, the number of people who are killed by rifles every year is shockingly low, considering all the publicity it gets. And I think if you, it's like, um, you know, it's like stabbed with fork. um hit with Mm -hmm. chair overhead. I mean, you go through the statistics. It is, I don't have them in front of me right now, but it's, but you know what I'm talking about. It's stunning how few people are actually killed with rifles compared to, you know, baseball bats.
0: Less than 400, according to the FBI's last Uniform Crime Report, ladies and gentlemen, at FBI.gov. Don't take this gun nut radio host word for it. Go look it up for yourself. But at the same time, Neil, the mainstream media lumps all these killings in so that they can give us all these big numbers. Yet they fail to tell you where it's all occurring, and that is in Democrat-run cities due to their failed policies and them pushing a particular political agenda. They couldn't care less about those people that you just referenced. We mention it every single week here on Armed American Radios, the Monster Cast, and the Daily Defense Show. We do it every single week and every day on the program when we get these updated numbers, Neil. Every single day. And the mainstream press simply won't touch it. Neil, uh, now, Greg, you'll like this. During the break, Neil texted me a article about Chris Murphy and the possibility of a popular revolt. Neil, you were uh, likely not listening to the first hour, and I don't blame you for that. I know you're busy, but AWR and I talked about that, and that was on my list to go with you right now. So let's go there. Just to bring listeners up to speed. Chris Murphy, who hates your right to keep and bear arms and has made a career dancing in the blood of Newtown victims, as AWR said, he would have a far less important job if it weren't for his ability to do that, is now talking about the court being illegitimate. Excuse me. And the fact that if the court doesn't do what the Democrats want him and his party to do, that means ban guns. Or go after if, if the court says that's unconstitutional, or universal background checks are unconstitutional an illegitimate. Court, he believes that it could lead to a popular revolt. Neil, what is he talking about? Give us specifics. We both know what he means by that, but I want to hear it from you.
3: Well, you know, popular revolt. Unfortunately, I think that means like violence. Um, and you know, it's not unlike the threats that uh, Charles Schumer made. Uh, during the in the middle of the Kavanaugh uh, nomination. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, you know, it's just absolutely frightening that they are not afraid to toss violence around. And, you know, let's be honest. The, The left has controlled the Supreme Court for nearly 100 years, really since the 1930s. So let's call it 90 years. You know, it, in the history books, they'll always tell you that uh, it was a big political loss when Franklin Roosevelt tried to pack the Supreme Court and he had to back off. The fact of the matter is that when Franklin Roosevelt went after the Supreme Court, it was a message sent and a message received. Um, from that moment on, the Supreme Court stopped overturning and revoking all of the New Deal stuff and from those, from basically the mid 30s to probably about three or four years ago, you had a left wing dominance of the Supreme Court. And uh, of course, we saw it, you know, we've seen it in every different, every facet of our life. They lose control of the Supreme Court, and they're ready, they're ready to start killing people.
0: Neil, I, when I talked about this with AWR, he didn't go as far as you did. I'm glad you went there because, to me, that's what it what it sounds like. You know, he gave himself, as we discussed with uh, with AWR from Breitbart in the last hour, ladies and gentlemen. Murphy gave himself some uh, plausible deniability here. Uh, he could he can eke his way out of that if he has to. But the statement that he made, a court that's already pretty illegitimate is going to be in full crisis mode. So that telegraphs to me, Neil, that the Democrats are going to have to step in and do something. And I'm guessing by that he means pack the court to fix it because leftists can't stand that they've lost control. They've had control for so long that they feel entitled to decisions that they agree with, and God forbid there's a decision that they don't agree with. Am I correct in that assumption?
3: Oh, yeah. And when Dobbs was leaked... Right, I was in front of the Supreme Court uh, when Dobbs right after Dobbs was leaked, and uh, that was the decision to uh, overturn Roe v. Wade, and also the day they actually overturned Roe v. Wade. I was in front of the Supreme Court in that melee, uh, and I also, uh, you know, saw protests in front of the Supreme Court justices' houses. Sam Alito, Justice Alito said, "I thought they were going to kill me," and mm-hmm. you know, the Justice Department controls the U.S. Marshals. The U.S. Marshals are supposed to be defending these guys.
0: And they didn't. When when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Neil McCabe. We have an open invitation for Ryan Petty, Parkland dad, to join the program today. If he does, he is welcome in. If not, Neil and I will continue the conversation and then move to the roundtable coming up in the third hour. We'll be right back after the break. Don't go away. segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Don't forget to use the promo code AAR at MyPillow.com. Welcome back. Yes, welcome back inside Armed American Radio's Monster Cast Car Firearms Group Studios. Mark Walters on the six hour. Mike with you today. All of it brought to you every minute of it, every day, six days a week. By the great X insurance, please make it a point to visit all of our partners that make these discussions possible six days a week. We are now in our 15th year, 15th year on the nation's airwaves, an incredible, remarkable run. And we have never missed a live Sunday broadcast. Not one time. You've gotten fresh content every single Sunday, 600 plus Sundays, remarkable stuff. And we couldn't do it without you. And we couldn't do it without our partners. Support them. Visit armedamericanradio.com, armedamericannews.com. Click on their links. And pick something up from them. Support them for supporting these conversations and your right to bear arms. Neil McKay, welcome back in, my brother. Do we have Neil over there? Neil, are you back? Are you muted? Neil is scrambling back there right now. He's going, oh, my gosh, they can't. me. Hey. what's going on? There he is. There's Neil McKay. I knew you were scrambling back there. Hey, let's go back to the uh, Chris Murphy conversation quickly. Because... He, he went further, okay? He said, if the Supreme Court eventually says that states or the Congress can't pass universal background checks or can't take these assault weapons off the streets, he said, I think there's going to be popular revolt over that policy. That, to me, is a threat. That's what we just talked about. And he continued, a court that's already pretty illegitimate is going to be in full crisis mode, he said. And he said, though there is a right to, to gun ownership, mm-hmm quote, there is also an ability for Congress to regulate who owns weapons and what kind of weapons are owned. I think we have to continue to operate under that construct. Neil, does he not understand the Second Amendment and what it protects <laughs> the citizens' rights from for him to make a statement like that? Break that down for us. You know these people and their ideology very well.
3: Well, first of all, let me just take let me just the, the last thing you mentioned, right? Congress shall make no law. Like, I don't even know. Right. I don't even know how you... I don't know how you get around that one. That seems that seems pretty <laughs> operative and pretty sp- 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 specific. The um,
0: well, you pack the but, Supreme you, Court and get them to do what you want them to do to protect what well, Congress
3: does in violation but of the Bill see, of Rights. The word "legitimate" is very interesting because uh, you know when when FBI Director Christopher Ray when you know when he's on the, the hot seat in one of these hearings you know, and they ask him, you know, uh, you know, are you, you know, do you respect uh, Congress's role? And he says, Oh no, I respect uh, legitimate oversight. Right. You know, and when you ask the white house, you ask the white house, are they going to uh, comply with subpoenas? The Biden white house will say, well, we will comply with all uh, legitimate Mm -hmm. subpoenas. Right. And so this word legitimate illegitimate is really doing a lot of lifting there. Because as far as I can tell, this is a legitimate Supreme Court. This is the, the, these guys were appointed by a president and confirmed by the Senate, and they've done nothing to make them like I don't understand. Like I, I don't get it. How he well gets hold on? Let me help you. Well, let me help you with that because sure. they weren't confirmed by
0: a Democrat Senate, a Senate, no. and they weren't. They were not nominated by a democrat president therefore in the eyes of the socialist marxist communists masquerading as former democrats they are illegitimate safe assessment
3: yeah and then you have uh, you know and you know they're going after uh, they're going after thomas they're going after scalia they're going after gorsuch um you know saying that they're taking money from this that or the other thing even john roberts is in the hot seat because uh because of the stuff that his uh, his dear wife has been doing. But, you know, they never mention, you know, the millions of dollars that uh, go to uh, Sotomayor or, uh, you know, how the ACLU or other groups that have cases before the Supreme Court will uh, take them on junkets to uh, Puerto Rico or whatever. It's, it, it's, it, it's like I've said last week. It's like I've said all over again. It's like we're on parallel tracks. And, uh, you know, like they bring up these points... And we address the point and we say, well, actually, no. And let's put that in context. I mean, But it's like they don't care. They literally don't care. They're not paying it. They're just spouting the stuff off. And uh, it's like they say, right? Any stick will do if you're trying to hit a dog. And so it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong or whatever. Whatever argument is useful at the time, they will use it. All right. So let's translate
0: that to the 2024 elections, Neil. And let's translate that to uh, somehow Biden is still walking with or without a cane, and can somehow string together two sentences that enables the Democrats and the media to claim he's legitimate. They we'll use that word. Let's assume that that happens, and let's assume that possibly the Democrats maintain control of the Senate or the Democrats take over the House. So let's just assume there's Democrat control at some point over those next four years. What is what Chris Murphy is saying? What does that mean? What are the Democrats' intentions? Because I'm going to tell you right now, as as Gottlieb has said on this program many times, the court cases around the country bear this out. And the Supreme Court has stated on multiple occasions that you cannot ban guns that are in common use. The AR-15, example, ladies and gentlemen, if you're new to the program, this one might blow you away. There are more AR-15s in the hands of law-abiding citizens than there are F-150 pickup trucks driving down the road. Think about that the next time you're out on the road and see all those F-150s surrounding you, regardless of what state you live in. There are over 25 million in the hands of law-abiding citizens. If it was, in fact, the demon that the Democrats make it out to be, that number of 400 or less rifles. And by the way, that's all rifles, not just ar 15 In the hands of people that kill people Just the media likes to jump on it Because they can push their narrative So having said all that, Neil What is it that we can expect From the Democrats Knowing what we know now And based on what Murphy said And what the Supreme Court has said And we know, ladies and gentlemen To finish that one thought That we're going to get a case up We are going to get a case In front of the Supreme Court And we will win that case, Neil What do the Democrats have in mind for us?
3: Well, you know, the most dangerous, and I have to thank our friend uh, Grover Norquist for this analysis, but the most dangerous uh, two years uh, in, the, in, in any time in the republic are the first two years of a Democratic presidential term where the Democrats control both the House and the Senate. And in those, look at the first two years of Biden, you look at the first two years of Clinton, the first two years of Obama, the first two years of of uh, Franklin Dillon Roosevelt, the first two years of Johnson, right? (laughs) It's like all all of the stuff that they need to do, they get done, and it's bad. Even the first two years of, of Jimmy Carter, right? Democratic president, Democratic House and Senate, it's bad. What's different now is that these guys have a group of brown shirts that are Antifa, and also, you have the John Brown Gun Clubs, and those are so typically Antifa guys dress in black. They do that because if, if uh, you know, there's a witness in a trial and they say, can you identify the person? They always dress in black so that there's nothing distinguishing, so it's very difficult for someone on the stand to say it was him and not him, right? Well, if you see these people... And you see some of them with red bandanas. The red bandanas mean they're black with a red bandana. That means they're a John Brown gun club member. And these guys are armed. And so before, you know, the Democrats would just sort of like shake their fist. Now they have these paramilitaries in the streets who are cracking heads, breaking windows, lighting buildings on fire. And. You know, we saw what they did to the federal courthouse in in Portland. We saw what they did in Minneapolis. We saw what they've done, you know, all over the place. It's like that summer of 2020. And and so when he says popular revolt, uh, you know, I guess it used to be theoretical. But now the Democrats have their own brown shirts. And they and they will go after them. And I've seen these guys. I've seen these guys go after cops. It is bad. I've seen them go after cops. Well, I, you know, I, I have the to say, they are bad. As we go to this as we go to this break,
0: ladies and gentlemen, I think Neil might be wrong because I never see any of those groups on the news, but I sure do see the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and the white supremacist groups out there. I think Neil might be off base. We would hear about that in the news, wouldn't we? We'll be right back.
5: I'm you, man. As a gun owner, have you ever thought about the liability that would come with having to use your weapon in self-defense? Or the liability that would come with having one of your guns stolen or misused? Or perhaps you work in a profession like security or law enforcement that requires you to carry a gun. Regardless, it's well known that responsible gun owners and security professionals across the country have become targets of frivolous lawsuits. At X-Insurance, we provide custom firearm liability insurance to eliminate your exposure and to protect you from unscrupulous lawyers.
0: Hey, this final segment of Armed American Radio is being sponsored by Crossbreed Holsters. Make sure to visit CrossbreedHolsters.com. Now let's get back to me. Crossbreed Holsters got it going on over there. I'm carrying in a Crossbreed Holster right now. A Super Tuck. Yes, I am. I have a Super Tuck for every single handgun I have, I think, Greg. Every single one of them, and I have a lot of handguns, ones that I carry, and uh, I, I have a super tuck for every one of them, plus others. Some of the outside the waistband holsters, and I've lost count of how many. They say people have that holster drawer with fifty holsters in it. I think I've got drawers and bins and boxes and totes with lots and lots of stuff. And I keep going back to those crossbreeds. There, it's simply the best of the best. Make sure to check out N8 Tactical as well. I carry in a number of those. All of my firearms, they're interchangeable, they're beautiful, they're fantastic, they're super quality, they're priced great, crossbreedholsters.com. You're in the Car Firearms Group Studios with me, Mark Walters on the Sig Sauer Mic, presented to you by X Insurance and all of our partners. Visit them all at armedamericanradio.com. Neil McKay, let me go back to you. Uh, oh, let me say this quickly. Uh, Ryan Petty, I just had a text exchange with him during the break. We need more than one segment with Ryan. So Ryan has agreed to come on the program with us tomorrow. And talk about a number of issues. And, Neil, I just want to point out a a text message from him that I told him I was going to read on air. By the way, great segment. He said, happy to come on Monday. By the way, great segment. Neil is spot on about the leftist brown shirts. They are everywhere, and they are armed and training. John Brown Gun Club. Dangerous dudes, and we underestimate them at our own peril. Uh, Ryan, thank you for that. He's tuned into the program right now. Neil, I felt obliged to read that to you. But, again, I have to make this comment. I mean, I don't know, you guys. The news doesn't talk about it, so it must not be real. Because certainly, if they were really real and that dangerous, the news would have told us about it, right, Neil?
3: Yeah, and um, <laughs> you know, I, it, you know, I'll I'll just make this point, and uh, and 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 I at the at Charlottesville, which was uh, which was a, like an unholy mess, and uh, obviously. Uh, completely misinterpreted uh, deliberately by the press and everything else. But there was a guy who was convicted. I don't know if he go to a year, 20 years or life. Mm-hmm. He uh, There was a woman. He hit the woman with the car. She had a heart attack. She died, you know, and it's like, you know, he was surrounded by this mob of thugs in brown shirts. And um, he wasn't even part of the protest. Like he, was the, he was diverted into the crowd by a college professor from North Carolina who had a, an AR-15 on a sling. And that guy basically directed that car driver in a very sort of, you know, intimidating way, right? And deliberately directed him into the crowd to create mischief. And uh, that college professor, uh, you know, nothing ever happened to him, right? Meanwhile, this other guy, his life is ruined. And he's the international headlines that he was a terrorist. But there's nothing you can do. And uh, that's how I found it. That's when I first found out about the John Brown gun clubs. And they're only getting bigger and bigger. So
0: what does that tell us? Is Murphy aware of them?
3: Yeah, of course he is. Listen, <laughs> Senator Tim Kaine's son was arrested for uh, for basically throwing rocks at cops with uh, the Al Qaeda guy, not the Al Qaeda guys, the um, Antifa, the Antifa guy, and um, you know it, uh, it. What can you do, right? It's like what can you do because they can they can throw they can firebomb a police station and nothing happens to them, and it's like. Meanwhile, hundreds, hundreds of innocent guys were standing outside the Capitol in a, re- a so-called restricted area. There was no sign. There was no nothing telling them it was restricted, right? Because all the barricades and everything were knocked down. There were no signs or nothing. So they basically, they're wandering on the Capitol ground. They didn't even go inside the building. Those guys are being char- some are being charged 15 years for just obstructing an official proceeding of Congress. Right? What are you going to do? It's a two-tier, it's, two tri- it's a two-tier parallel system, right? Parallel parallel lines never cross, and so uh, you know we're on one freak and they're on another freak. Neil, the Republican can't survive
0: under these conditions. It can't. It cannot it, it, survive it, under these it can't. conditions.
3: It, I will tell you right now, the Republic, in effect, is this is like a zombie republic. Okay. It can, it, it's now the undead, right? It, it continues forward, but it's, you know, there, the, the founding consensus, which held everything together, is gone. And what are the other things that uh, tied us together? Well, you know, property rights, you know, uh, there was uh, it was like a the law applied equally. Right. The next thing you're going to see, and I shudder to mention it, is the the way elections are going to be run in red states and blue states. And what's happening is there was tremendous resistance among Republicans, among, especially among conservatives, about Uh, cheating in elections, Mm -hmm. and I am picking up this idea, they cheat, we cheat, and it's like, friends, once you get to they cheat and we cheat, that means Republicans never lose an election in a red state, Democrats never lose an election in a blue state, and that is it. You literally have two countries.
0: But let me ask you something, Neil. Um, is ABC, NBC, sure. so we can CBS, CNN, MSDNC aware of the John Brown uh, gun clubs?
3: Uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, this is the thing, right? It's like uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have members working for them. It, uh you know, it's hiding in plain sight. I mean, I've done reports on it, but... Uh, you know, who knows if they actually. All right. So
5: know,
0: was it? again, it begs a question. Is there no honest reporter anywhere in their midst that would even attempt to cover this? Is there not one honest reporter that will say, you know what? I can't stand around and let this go on. I'm leaving and expose it. The only one that I can think of would be Laura Logan, who bailed on CBS. And oh, at there least shed and right, some light And was fired from Fox. Right. Right. So there
3: you right. go. I'll tell you this. Why, my theory? Why did the Soviet Union excel in sciences like uh, like mathematics, mathematics, chemistry, physics, right? Astrophysics. Like, why is it that these guys? There were certain like hard sciences, or really hard subjects, right? And and the Soviet Union absolutely outclassed us in uh, in, in, in this kind of research and stuff. And I think the reason was that if you were a smart, hardworking guy, the only place you could go to avoid the politics is to work in chemistry or mathematics or someplace where they just you just couldn't politicize a mathematical equation. Right. And so and so you and what I think is happening in journalism, if someone wants to be a journalist, they have to go into sports like if you don't want to be political, you have to go into sports. Even that doesn't work. Take a look
0: at what's happened over at ESPN. Yeah. It's an absolute yeah, joke. Yeah, there you go. It's an absolute joke. I mean, we've even lost that. Neil, thank you. You're going you go to stick around for us. Yeah, you go to traffic, <laughs> right? Yeah, they've infiltrated the weather too, you know. And traffic and weather go together. It's unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen. Neil's going to stick with us. We've got a roundtable coming up. You just got a taste of it because we are going to continue this discussion, and we're going to get commentary and analysis from Brad Primo, CEO of Ledslingers, and fan favorite Justin. Moon, CEO of Car Arms. Tomorrow, as I just told you before, Parkland Dad Ryan Petty will be joining me for the hour on Monday. So it's a you know, great next hour coming up, and a great Monday to follow it up. Armed American Radio's Monster Cast in the Car Firearms Group Studio. Six Hour Mike X Insurance. Be right back six minutes after.